We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Welcome in, welcome in. It is Monday morning, it is game day, and it's time for Broncos for Breakfast. I am Nick Kendall and joined by, as always in these morning shows, Scott Kennedy. Scott, good morning to you. Hope you're doing well. Hope you had a good weekend. What's new? What'd you do? I watched some football. I sat in the rain and read about 800 pages of a book. And, uh, well, that's about it. Lots of football, um, including the round ball and the oblong ball. So uh, pretty good match with uh, with Chelsea yesterday and some pretty good football the other ways. Yeah, it was overall a pretty fun week. Had a lot of answers with uh, college football as well. So that was fun to see. Uh, starting to get an idea of the, uh, the picture of the quarterback class here coming up. So hopefully uh, we will uh, continue to get forward and trudge forward with the uh, you know NFL draft to understand these teams. But... Hey, maybe we don't have to get right into the NFL draft right away. If the Broncos end up winning today, uh, maybe we're on the uh, the football train. But uh, let's let's say hello to or some, the playoff train. But let's say hello to some people coming in here. We got Kevin Gray this morning saying, "Morning, Nick Scott, Big Maha salute to Broncos country. Love you. Uh, get to be the pregame show. Yeah, it's a uh, only Monday night show, but uh, hopefully it'll be a fun one. We can get dig into it. I mean, we've kind of held off a little bit uh, on a lot of the Bills analysis there, Scott, but." Uh, it should be a pretty good game, and Broncos fans are feeling surprisingly confident. I think coming into this one, I, I think, I think very surprisingly confident. Uh, you know, we just see a lot of. I saw a lot of comments last week about, oh, I don't, you know, I'm I'm not as confident as you know as I, you know, I, it might be surprising, but I'm not that confident going into this game. I'm like, y'all are eight point underdogs. It's mm-hmm. like the biggest spread in the NFL on the road against a team that's considered a, a Super Bowl contender. You're three and six, or not three and six, I'm sorry. Wait, three and five. You're not supposed to be confident in this one. That's okay. We'll give you reasons. And if you are overconfident, we're gonna we're gonna try and bring some levity to the discussion. Why the Broncos mm-hmm. definitely have a chance, but why you shouldn't be thinking that they've turned the corner right now and should roll into Buffalo and come out with a dub. And if they don't, all is not lost. Yeah. This is very much a are you serious kind of game Um, that even if they lose this game, then, you know, it's not the end of the world this season. But if you win this game, you're serious. You, you took your chair from the little guy's table over here and you're, you're (laughs) saddling up with some of the big boys. Uh, If you can beat Kansas city and Buffalo back to back and win three games in a row. I mean, you're, you're somebody to be trifled with. Doesn't mean you'll end up making the playoffs, but this is a, 
this is a measuring stick game uh, for the Broncos. If you want to be where you're going this year, you kind of have to show up in this one. And it doesn't even have to be a win. You know, play a competitive game. Uh, but on the road, Monday Night Football, a very desperate uh, Bills team. This is a tough one. And Collins right. Anyone can beat anyone anytime in the NFL uh, specifically. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is going to be a motivated Bills team. Um, and it's going to be a tough one there. And this is what we've talked about, Colin, coming into this game. Okay, you've you've won two in a row. You've you've climbed out of the dregs, and you've got the arrow pointing in the right direction. One of those was against a bad Green Bay Packers team at home that you should win, and I think it showed a lot of character to come back and win that game after blowing a lead again when you let it halftime. That's a game that the Broncos had lost 10 straight times. Showed a lot of character. Not a very good team. You win at home. Okay, so what? All right, now you beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Does that fall into this category? Hell, anyone can win any game. The Chiefs had five turnovers. That was a fluke of a game. Maybe you go and win three in a row. Yeah, anyone can win any game. Not everyone. Not anyone can win three in a row. That's when it starts to become real. You can have, Mm -hmm. there's upsets every week. There's 16 games or whatever with bye weeks. You know, do the math. And... There's upsets. There's maybe two really like, whoa, scores every week out of those games. One in eight games or so. One in eight games will put you at, you know, four and 13 on the season. The table will not lie. You win three in a row and you beat the Chiefs and the Bills. You're climbing up the standings. You're a team to be reckoned with. Now, but we got, oh, Gary Palmer. I accidentally did that one. It's got Gary Palmer coming in saying, good morning, Nick and Scott on Broncos for breakfast. We all want the Broncos to win, but do we have a chance to go Broncos? Hell yes. The Broncos have a chance, but uh, as we talked about, Scott mentioned an eight-point spread in this one. What would FB, FPI probably has the Bills winning this 80% of the time, if I had to guess, so over on mm-hmm. ESPN. Uh, so this will be a very tough one for Denver, no no doubt. But they they have belief. It doesn't really matter, Scott, honestly, what we say or if we believe in them or not or what the NFL media or even the fans. I think there's belief in that locker room now, which has been a locker room that's been sorely lacking in self-belief for a number of years now. So uh, I think it's going to be a tough game. The bills are one that's a little bit on shaky ground in terms of their confidence uh, right now. So we'll see. I mean, the Broncos got a chance to come out on primetime football, something they've been a laughing stack stock at the last couple seasons. And uh, if they come out and they can deliver a message message uh, this week. So will be an interesting game. I am hoping that, uh, you know, we don't have the recent trend of Broncos on primetime games, uh, but it's a tough one, no doubt. I, I'm not super confident in this one. Full disclosure, I did pick Denver to lose, but uh, if they win this game, I will. I will start to become a believer. Yeah, and I said that since the the Kansas the day after this Kansas City game. I may have even had the the um, no, I don't think I did that game. Uh, the gut reaction on that one, but you know, the next day, that's what we said since the very next game. You've got to go from okay, you can beat a bad team at home to all right on any given Sunday to. This is legit. This is three games in a row. This team is legit. And it's not just three games in a row. It's like, okay, well, you beat the pan, you know, you're in the NFC South and you had a run against the Panthers, and then you got the Tennessee Titans, and then you you beat the okay, any given Sunday against the Chiefs. You got one of those at home. This is again a character. That was a character test for me, Nick. Mm-hmm. Has this team given up? Is this team still together? Does Sean Payton still have this locker room? That's what Green Bay showed me. Kansas City showed me that this can be a really good team. Mm-hmm. The Bills can show us that this is a really good team. 
and I could be mistaken here, uh, Scott, and thank you, Gary, for the Super Chat, but I believe coming into the year, the two odds-on favorites for the Super Bowl from the AFC were the Bills and the Chiefs. So to beat them back-to-back would be pretty damn uh, impressive. Yeah, and maybe the Bengals would be in there too, but yeah, I would think you know going in, it was probably 49ers, Eagles, maybe the Dolphins were in there. But um, I would say I would say Bills and, and Chiefs for sure. Uh, Michael Ronquillo coming in says, good morning, Nick and Scott on Broncos for breakfast. Good to see you again, Michael, as always. Thanks for coming in and thank you for the continued support. Yeah, I always appreciate you, Michael. We also got Troy Boer coming in here saying, hey, guys, seems like a fast start is more important tonight than in most games. Playing from behind in that crowd and those pass rushes is not where I want to be. Yeah, one thing, fortunately for the Broncos, is they've been pretty darn awesome in the script uh, so far this season, the uh, the first couple of drives have actually been really efficient, uh, which so credit to Sean Payton on that one. The Broncos can come out and get a lead and control the game uh, from that from that point forward. You know, an early score uh, that can help them a lot. This is going to be a Broncos game that I think they're going to want to really test the physical resolve of this Bills team. Uh, the Bills, schematically speaking, Scott, and I mentioned it on here, but they want to play that four two five nickel defense pretty much no matter what you throw at them personnel wise, uh, they have a big rotation of different, different defensive linemen that they'll match with, but really it's still a four, two, five front. Uh, and beginning of the season, they were awesome in that nickel front, uh, getting after the stopping the run still. But since then they've lost, uh, Matt Milano, one of the more underrated linebackers in football, they lost Davis white at cornerback and really underrated for them, uh, losing to Quan Jones. Uh, their defensive tackle was playing I mean, when I watched Bills this year, Daquan Jones was somebody's like, oh my God, that guy is going to get paid. Uh, so now they have question marks about their physicality going against heavier personnel. Uh, we saw a few of the losses this year for the Bills. Teams just bludgeoned them. I think that's the move for the Broncos in this one. I think you're going to see a lot of uh, 12 personnel. I think you're going to see heavy. A lot of six offensive linemen looks out there in this one, and they're going to see just how much the Bills will match the physicality if they will be willing to change their personnel because to date they have not losing Micah Hyde doesn't help them anything no. either on the backside no. of that. And, um, and try, I agree with you uh, for a couple of reasons, not just the ones you mentioned here. Uh, Cause these are great points. I'm just going to pile on a uh, fast start is more important, you know, with the crowd and playing behind the other part of this right now is we might be given the bills too much credit for who we think they should be rather than who they are. Right now, they are a five and four team that has is a little bit fragile right now. You, you listen to a Buffalo Bills press conference. There are some big questions around Sean McDermott. There's some big questions around the health of this team. There are some big questions on if they will be able to turn it around. Now you're looking at the schedule and saying, okay, a three and six game at home on Monday Night Football is the perfect opportunity to do that. But you get off to a fast start. That crowd, who's already sitting on the edge of their seats right now, wondering if this is about to go bad, can turn. They can turn in a hurry on a team that should be going for Super Bowl aspirations on the cusp of being 500 in Week 10. A fast start could be very, very good for the Denver Broncos. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, they're definitely going to get a chance. And like you said, the Bills team, they kind of (laughs) Broncos country. Remember what it was like to be really good in the expectations and you're booing your team going to half with the lead and that kind of thing, um, which is just unbelievable looking back in hindsight. But I mean, Denver was there when they had the Peyton Manning era. Uh, But that's kind of like where the Bills are at. You know, this is a team that was expecting to be a shoe in for the playoffs. And now there's questions there. I mean, the AFC East is a little feisty. Uh, We'll see what happens with them. But uh, this is a team that definitely feels like they are ready to potentially turn on some people in there. I mean, a lot of them are ready to go after Josh Allen. I mean, talking about the offense and whatnot, when the Bills offense is still one of the three to five best in the NFL across almost every single advanced metric. Uh, explosive still, even though they're down across the league and they're down for Buffalo too, they've still been good. Uh, they become more versatile in what they like to do personnel-wise also. But yeah, it's a uh, it is an interesting situation there in Buffalo. And just talk about the vibes. I mean, Denver being in three and five and right now everybody's excited as heck. They've been about the Broncos forever. Bills are sitting there still right in the thick of things, but their fan base definitely feels like uh, on the edge. There's a lot, a lot of pressure on the Buffalo Bills right now. And sometimes being at home isn't necessarily an advantage when that happens. Sometimes mm-hmm. being out there and almost having a common enemy, you know, who with friends like these, who, who needs enemies? But when you go on the road and everybody's against you, it, it you're that's expected. When you're at home and that start turning on you a little bit, that that becomes kind of a tougher environment. So Troy, a, a fast start for the Denver Broncos puts that much more pressure on a team that is feeling it right now because you can't afford to hang around 500 for much longer in the AFC if you want to make the playoffs. And missing the playoffs for this Buffalo Bills team would be a disaster. Would be a disaster. That would be a, a possibly a coach-changing type of season, Nick. Yeah. Talk about your potential head coaches there for uh, Atlanta if they move on. There, there's who knows. Uh, sometimes guys get fired and it's shocking. But let's say hello to some people coming in still as the chat has really opened up now. Donald Wilson says good morning to us. Good to see us. Uh, can the defense stay in the right direction with VJ? We will see. This is a huge test. Talk about believing Dave, in the team. Thank Scott. you for the reminder. Uh, I forgot. Yeah. We are. We do have a couple ad reads, Nick. Oh, so, we do have ad reads. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, keep, go ahead and go. I'll I'll get these queued up. Okay, God bless. Uh, and just here for the Manscaped read from Nick Kendall. Well, I'm, I'm here for it too. Um, I don't have it up in front of me right now, but uh, that can change quickly. Brian Dunn, good morning, Nick and Scott and Broncos country. 
always good to see. Luke comes in and says the defense looks like it's turned a corner since then. Uh, long may that continue. Yeah, this is a this is a big game for what is the defense, Scott? Because let's just say you know Broncos country feeling a lot better about the defense here recently. But what if Denver is just a really good matchup for how Kansas City's built this season? Right, like that's one thing. Half of your last four games were against Kansas City, and maybe it just you know things that cover two that you were running, the match quarters stuff was good against uh, Kansas City and Mahomes this year for what they have built. Uh, this is a totally different type of build team that the, the Bills have. You know, the quarterback is a huge athlete out there. They have th- two and a half, three weapons that, you know, you really got to watch for there. Unlike Kansas City, it's they're built differently uh, than the Chiefs. So this is maybe a bad matchup for Denver. We'll find out. Well, on, on offense, on defense, yes, I think they're going to have um... – they're going to put more pressure on the out on the back end of your defense. I think, well, they could put more pressure on you. It's just hard to say. Cause Mahomes is such a wild card. He can make everything happen with his ability to extend plays and run, but Josh Allen's a different kind of runner, but does he really want to start lowering his shoulder when it's been a little banged up on this? Does that take that out of this? But they do have better weapons. I believe uh, in a, in a standard drop back type of passing game. I think they've got better skill players, Nick, the one thing I'm interested in is the other side of the ball. How does this match up when you start looking about the uh, the Broncos' identity? They want to be a smash mouth, run the ball, and they've had some success doing that football team. And on paper, if I just look at the cumulative score for the entire season, the Buffalo Bills' run defense has been susceptible. However, when I look at how the trend has gone, I go to week five and I'll start counting down. These are the yards rushed against the Buffalo Bills starting in week five, moving to present day. 196, 132, 96, 78, 54. So if the Buffalo Bills have been susceptible to the run, they have started to get it together. That said, and then I'll hand this over to you, Nick, that started against Jacksonville Jaguars, went for 196, then the New York Giants, then the Patriots, then the Buccaneers, then the Bengals. So the opposition has played something into this as well. I don't think anybody is going to try and press the offensive line and press the running game the way that the Denver Broncos will in several weeks uh, against the against the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I mean, just where the Broncos are at right now, you got to trust that formula that they're going. Also, uh, they're super healthy on that offensive line, and they're gelling right now. I mean, they really did look like they established their will uh, a good bit against the chiefs there with the physicality there. I love what they're doing with six offensive linemen as well. And the Broncos are running the ball efficiently uh, in those packages as well in 12 and 21 personnel. So they are going to try to make the bills play in a phone booth and uh, see who has better resolve. Now, can the defense hang enough to make sure that that, you know, grinded out play style works because if you're giving up, you know, explosive plays, and missing tackles and touchdowns, it's pretty damn hard to stay consistent uh, when you're down, you know, 10 points in the second quarter with the run game. You start to panic and feel like you need to get those explosives to get back. I would urge Sean Payton to be patient in those because in those pure dropback situations, Russell Wilson is not as good of a quarterback. Uh, so we'll see. But yeah, the Broncos, in theory, should be able to run on this Bills team. And the big dark horse, we've heard Matt Milano, we've heard Tredavious White, but like losing to Quan Jones, man, he was so good they're just a different team without him and they should be able to punch the bills in the mouth a little bit uh on the offense yeah you get those big eaters down uh down in the middle and you start losing them it makes a difference now with the monday night game 
I think it is time to make Little Caesars, the official pizza sponsor of the NFL, part of your game day. Order online during our Pizza Pizza pregame one hour before and three hours after NFL kickoffs and get ready for some football and fun. Choose your favorite Little Caesars pizza or pick the toppings you crave. Either way, you win. Uh, like I, I've said before, I'm a vegetarian, so being able to just call up and get a lot of food delivered. I might be a vegetarian, but I don't live on salads, man. I like big pizzas like Little Caesars and get that pizza pizza. And speaking of winning, everyone scores with convenient delivery or our in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends and enjoy a few slices during the game tonight as the Broncos take on the Bills yeah. on Monday Night Football. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I love Little Caesars. Sorry, my internet's kind of... Go ahead, Nick. You're uh, you, you cleared now. Oh, yeah, my internet just kind of... The stupid wind, man, out here in the Pacific Northwest. I tell you what. Uh, but uh, let's say a lot of some more people coming in here. Jamal Killings, good morning to you, Jamal. Always good to see you. Gatorade Gaming, hope you're doing well. Gatorade, Alberto's in the house. Sup, fellas. Uh, we got Blave Bliss. Uh, feels like it's been a second Blave. Good to see you. Good morning, everybody. Hope you're doing well. Seth's in the house. Good to see you, Seth. Good morning, Nick and Scott and everybody in Broncos country. Uh, hope you're doing well. So Wang, Wang Chung says he's wearing his lucky underwear um, from the Kansas City game. I don't know if he's uh, changed yet. So uh, hopefully uh, he's really won there. If we if we win this one, we owe one to Wang. Um, Elias coming in here says uh, hashtag beat the bills. Always good to see you, Elias. Uh, we got Cristiano Rodin coming in here as I click it as my internet uh, waves in and out. Good to see you. Good morning, dudes. This is the day night. We might find out the direction of the season. <sighs> Scott, yeah, this is definitely one where if the Broncos win this one, they're for real. If they lose this one close, I am going to, and I know you shouldn't, you know, cry about spilled milk, but I'm going to look back and be like, God bless it. How could you have dropped one to the Raiders, the Commanders, and the Jets? You just win one of those ones, all games that you should have won one of those in hindsight. If not two, we're in the thick of things. I mean, that's the NFL. That kind of means the Broncos are probably one of the numerable middle-class teams this season, which... You know, say what you will. Some people say, oh, you're heading the right direction. Some would say, crap, purgatory. Um, but uh, that's a, uh, man, if they lose this one close, I'm going to be kicking. I'm sure they will be too, but kicking ourselves over those early season missed opportunities. Well, and that, that's the difference for me. It's like, even if you, if you lose this game, it doesn't change the trajectory of this team as far as I'm concerned. The, the, the mm -hmm. team is climbing out of its dark days. It, the, it, we've asked this question for a while, Nick. You know, since I've been covering this team with Vic Fangio going through that year, it's like, okay, this team quit on Fangio. You could tell by week four, week five, this, this team's done. All right, well, here comes Russell Wilson. Here comes Nathaniel Hackett. It didn't get any better. In fact, it probably got a little worse last year because your expectations were higher, the preseason hype, and all of a sudden it's, it was embarrassing. Here comes Sean Payton. First part of this season, it still hasn't gotten any better. In fact, you had another embarrassing loss and you haven't climbed up from the Christmas Day massacre that you had last year. You're still flatlining. Win a couple games in a row, beat the Chiefs, and you can feel the trajectory of this team changing. Does a loss to the Buffalo Bills change that? No, it doesn't. 
It doesn't change that. However, however, it changes what your goals and accomplishments really can be for this season, I believe. At three and six, you've just dug too deep a hole. It's you're you're already sitting in 14th place right now. You've got to climb over all these teams with eight weeks left to go in the season. And I just don't see that mathematically as being possible. Yeah, you could go if you're three and five and you go to three and six, you'd have nine, eight games left. Eight and no would be eleven and six. That'd do it. But the idea of going eight and no is just I don't think anybody's going eight and no to finish the season, let alone a team that's sitting at three and six. So the trajectory of this team has already changed. The mm. outcome of this game does not change that, but it does change on what your goals can be for this season, I, I believe. And just to make sure we got it right here, the Broncos are three and five right now. If they lose tonight, it'll end up being three and six. Uh, and just talking about those earlier losses, to me, that is what sets up the uh, potential. You have to steal some games back. And I think you already did that beating Kansas City once. Sam. You beat them hard, but you stole that one. Well, now you kind of, you know, cross out that Las Vegas win. Well, if you beat the Bills, cross out that Commander's win. You know, ones that we had as potential losses now flipped. And that's what's great about the NFL, right? It's not SEC versus, you know, the SWAC where they just did Alabama's killing them or something. Uh, anything can happen in the NFL. And uh, the Broncos can get some games back. And I do think that if you beat the Bills this week, Scott, things do change. Your tra- trajectory changes. You become exceedingly feisty going forward. Uh, it will be very hard for the Broncos to win. You know, what is it? Six of eight games down the stretch to make the playoffs. Probably what they have to do. Uh, but it is, it becomes certainly more possible. I mean, six of eight is a lot different than five of seven. Uh, if you get that win in there. I love line graphs. Uh, I, they show, you know, they they show trajectories, trends, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I'll go to E-Trade and click on my stock and see, okay, what has it done? I want to yeah. see the trajectory. Okay. Over the course, the straight line through the averages is going in the right direction. So as far as changing, the Broncos are now heading in the right direction. And you said change. And it I, I think it would change, but it would accelerate up. That, that arrow becomes steeper if you win this game. Because again, you're a legitimate playoff contender if you win this game. No doubt in my mind. Who would have thought that at one and five, for God's sakes? There's no way. At one and five, we were talking about... Do you have the number one or is the number one or number two pick in play? Yes. Yes, it was. Now we're talking playoffs. Win tonight, gut reaction, we'll be talking playoffs. Tomorrow morning, we'll be talking playoffs. And it's possible. This Bills team is not invulnerable. They're five and four. They're capable of beating anybody. But are we giving them too much credit? Maybe. Maybe. The one that I keep coming back to, Scott, and I kind of hinted at it earlier, is that when the defense was playing historically bad, I was like, okay, well, they're they're terrible right now, but they're not going to be this bad. Mm-hmm. And now we're sitting here this week, and it was our show theme on Thursday, I guess, right, that we talked about that uh, a lot. Is like, okay, well, now they're the number one red zone defense in the NFL over the last four weeks. They are like eight or nine in turnovers in the last three weeks, and uh, they look like they've really turned a corner when their opponents – two of the four have been the same team. Yeah, I know it's Patrick Mahomes still, but it is the same team. Maybe you just match up well. I am worried that while the offense seems to be, have trend down, trended down a little bit the last few weeks from their output, uh, I just worry that you're going to see some defensive regression where they've been playing like maybe 
the I think it was the 13th best EPA per play defense um, from weeks five through nine. Maybe you see that fall down to about the 22nd, 24th rank against a very, very good Bills team. Um, so that's I, I am still a doubter in in the defense uh, overall. If the defense keeps playing like they have, then Denver with the style of offense, they can win almost any game. Uh, but will we see that same level of defense? Uh, this is going to be a huge test. I, I think instead of crowning them, let's wait and see. No, this this is. This is, in, uh, as Jamie Weisner comes in, he says, tonight is a must-win game. Yes, it is. If you want to have any sniff of the playoffs and continue to keep the hope for the playoffs alive, which it is. It's flickering. It is. But we'll pour a little gas on that fire if they win this game tonight. And if if not, while not mathematically eliminated, realistically, there's just too many teams you have to climb over because it's not just you that has to win. You have to count on getting help from other teams. And when there's 13 teams above you, you're not going to get help from all 13. Someone else is going to catch fire that you weren't kept, weren't uh, counting on. But Nick, and I, I think this is a a good discussion here. Nick Lujan says, I'm worried that we had too much time off. Did the buy come at the wrong time? The, the, the Broncos were hot. They're relatively healthy. Did some time, could some time off actually hurt this team? Uh, I've got my thoughts on this, but I want to hear yours. I mean, it is possible that it did hurt them because they were in a groove and riding the momentum of a two-game win streak. And when you get a bye week, especially a bye week that includes a Monday night football game, your pattern, your rhythm could be off. I mean, you were kind of, you started to get into the rhythm of the the season there and things started to click there. You had belief. Okay, well, now, now guys, you know, we're giving you time off. Some guys head to Mexico for the week. Some guys, you know, going to Vegas or whatnot. Uh, maybe you aren't some guys, you know, staying in Denver and getting the work into whatever it's their bye week I'm not saying they shouldn't go to Mexico or Vegas. Uh, I'm not going to judge them for that as long as they're, you know, being relatively smart. Uh, but, uh, it is possible that it threw off the rhythm uh, for this team. And, uh, they come out in this one a little bit flat, a little bit slow out the gate, uh, just because, you know, they've been off for you know, a week plus a day. Here's my thoughts on this. Uh, Nick is I've said, looking at the, um, uh the college football playoffs through the years and not necessarily the playoffs anymore, but when it used to be one game, the BCS championship between one and two, there was like five weeks between games and the BCS championship game was kind of ragged. Um, there's more time. And where I'm going with this is as the game has changed into more timing based passing, et cetera, et cetera, that time off, I think can hurt you. However, this team wants to be physical that gets better with some time off lining up and whipping the man in front of you isn't about okay i need to make sure i get rid of my pass when he hits this spot and is there my hands are in the right spot all those type of things the timing passing game or even an option based running game hurts more with the time off i do believe that a power running game and what you want to try and do what these denver broncos want to try and do on offense the time off's not going to hurt them it's going to help them they're going to get healthier. They're going to get stronger. They're going to get rested. That's a good thing. On defense, time off is good. Uh, healthier bodies, fresh legs is always a good thing. So for this team, the way the Denver Broncos are set up, I would say the time off is a good thing for them. Um, assuming that everybody, you're not just resting injuries, etc. cetera. Uh, it's not going to hurt this offense the way it would a timing-based passing offense that we see with other teams. Yeah. I hope so, Scott. I mean, as we said, they are about as healthy as you could possibly imagine um, entering this week. Uh, I think the injury report was completely clear. Uh, so hopefully uh, Denver going up against a 
a dinged up uh, Bills team uh, can go in there and punch them in the mouth a few times. Um, there is something to be said. I guess maybe a little bit, unfortunately, they did not play a super duper physical team last week in the Bengals. So Bengals, especially on offense, are much more of a finesse build. So the Bills aren't coming in here after getting, you know, punched for four quarters. Um, maybe the yeah. uh, the offense was a bit. Uh, yeah, if it but, was an uh, NFC North opponent, we wanted it to be the Ravens or the Steelers. Yes. <laughs> it's one of those things where you see a team sometimes the week afterwards, it's like, man, they just they're bruised. They just they can't handle the physicality this week because they got whipped up last week. Not as much with the Bengals offense out there. Maybe the uh, the Bills defense uh, beat or excuse me, the Bills offense uh, beaten up a little bit with uh, Lou and Arinmio. Uh That's another name, Scott, that we could have talked about for a potential uh, Falcons head coaching vacancy there. Uh, but uh, for Mr. Roush coming in 199 saying Williams biggest game of his career right here. Yeah, Javante Williams could have a chance to have an ex- a very good game. Uh, he's coming off his biggest game uh, since his injury last week. They really pounded the rock. Uh, he's been pretty good in the 10-yard range, so he actually has a good rate of explosive runs this season. But, Scott, I'm hoping for an actually truly explosive player. I want to see one where he makes that that last guy miss, and then there's you know 20 yards in front of him that he can gallop and get some stuff. It, the explosive rate numbers have been actually pretty good for Javonta Williams, but the offensive rushing game just doesn't feel super explosive right now, does it? It, it feels like they're like you know very efficient in terms of their yardage, but we haven't seen outside of Jaleel McLaughlin you know, massive, like 20, 30, 40 yard runs, which maybe this is the week. What's something we've got to look for from the coaching staff on this, Nick, be patient. Mm -hmm. You know, Sean Payton has admitted sometimes to abandoning the run a little bit early. Stick with your game plan on this. Uh, Your, your best option of winning is controlling the clock, limiting the turnovers and running the football. Be patient. If it doesn't work early, that's okay. Uh, You know, as long as you, your defense is playing well. You get behind three scores in the first half, the the game plan can start going out the window. It's okay for a low scoring in the trenches, beat them up and AFC North type of game for this Denver Broncos. That's the kind of game you want to get into. You don't want to try and get in a shootout with these guys. You'll lose. No, no, no. Uh, so be patient, Mr. Roush. I think this is a good call. Keith Brugman coming in with some stars. Appreciate the support. And Lando Lee has also come in with some support on the uh, on the Facebook side of things. And he says, it's been a long bye. Finally, some Broncos football. Let's see if this team is for real. Beat the Bills. On that note, we got to take care of some business. Want to talk about Thanksgiving and see if you are ready to spice up your Thanksgiving as we died headfirst in the mountains of mashed potatoes and cranberry sauce. Let's talk about the unsung hero of the holiday season. The Manscaped Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. That's right. It's time to go cold turkey on your old razor and take care of your own turkey leg with the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. Visit manscaped.com and use the code HUDDLE for 20% off and free shipping and enjoy Thanksgiving in style with the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. Gobble, gobble, boys. The turkey leg, Scott. The turkey leg. Okay, yeah. I've been there for a number of years. You know, you get the nick up and uh, it's not the best. Uh, We've all been there. You know, it's like, oh my God, you know, trying to take care of things, you know, make things a little bit cleaner down there. And uh, oops, had a little accident. Well, no more. Uh, You've been dealing with the wrong trimmers. Now we got Manscaped in here. Uh, Don't let your poor grooming be the topic of conversation at this year. 
hopefully no topic of turkey legs. Uh, use the Landmower 5.0 Ultra. You'll be the talk of the table. It's waterproof, so you can groom wet or dry. And let's face it, we all want to look our best before carving that bird. Plus, the LED light ensures you won't miss a spot, even in low-light situations. And speaking of carving, the dual skin-safe blade heads are the best teammates you could possibly have. The trimmer blade takes care of business, while the foliage blade gives you a irresistible, irresistibly sleek finish like a winning touchdown on your Thanksgiving table. Gotta love that winning touchdown. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code HUDDLE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using HUDDLE. Be thankful this holiday season for the best gift of all from Manscaped. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, there we go. I'm really glad I wasn't drinking coffee when you mentioned the turkey legs, Scott. I would have spit I, it. I work hard to make sure I don't have turkey legs. I are don't we talking about the same thing now? Oh my god, yeah. Um, I'm definitely, I definitely prefer the turkey leg the most. The uh, the dark meat is uh, for me, without a doubt. But uh, let's get it in here. Uh, let's say hello to some more people. I saw Robot of Doom was in here. Let's good morning to you, Robot of Doom. Always appreciate you coming in. Met you at the the meet and greet, of course. Uh, really a lot of fun to see. I saw Greg Smith was in the house. Good to see you, Greg. Jason Walton. Good morning to you. Hopefully the bye week allowed Peyton and his staff to scheme up some good stuff for the Bills tonight. Yeah, Scott. I'm I'm curious how fancy or anything the the Sean Payton and the Broncos can be this week. I almost wonder if it's a you know you'll have some play action shots here and there, but really it feels like a game where you want to pound the rock over and over again and just beat them and maybe nothing too too fancy off it. Maybe you give a different run look off of something here and there. But I, I don't know if this is a game where you want to be playing any bells and whistles. This is a Bills defense that's reeling. You know, it's one of those ones, you know, give them the rope. Let them hang themselves out there. I don't, don't be the reason that you lose the game. Let them lose it for themselves. Bill's if defense. there's anybody out there, Nick, that is willing to give the ball away and make take some unnecessary chances with the ball, who is it? Yeah, it's Josh Allen, of course. It's Josh Allen. Let him. A conservative game is not so bad. Eight. Yeah. A 10-6 to six halftime game plays right into the hands of the Denver Broncos. We talked earlier about the pressure being on this team, on this Buffalo Bills team. It could be one of those scenarios where they go off the field, the Bills go off with a 10-6 lead, and they're hearing it from their fans. Patience. If you can keep this game close and patience and wear them down on that defense and run the ball, take care of it. The Broncos have done a pretty good job this year of, of taking care of the ball. I think they're dead even in, in the turnover margin. And Sean Payton gave a stat in his press conference the other day. He says that Sean McDermott with the Buffalo Bills is 33 and one when they win the turnover margin. When they win the turnover battle, they are 33 and one. Let let Josh Allen do some things that are on the uh, on the reckless side because he's feeling some pressure right now. That is an unbelievable stat, Scott. 33 and one. I mean, for a team that's as can be as reckless with the football as the Bills can, that I guess that makes sense. But that just shows what a superpower team they can be. Uh, because yeah. typically you the know, ball and you win. I mean, that's it's, it seems simple if you're the Buffalo Bills. Stop giving the ball away, man. But part of it yeah. is the other thought of that is um 
if I rein in Josh Allen too much, do I lose who Josh Allen is? You know, would he be as successful if he didn't have that aggressive, reckless approach to his game? Maybe, maybe one day. He's old enough now where he should, where he, you know, he's not a a gunslinging kid anymore. He's a veteran and he knows better. You, you remember, you remember his face in, in his press conference after the Jets game when he gave the ball away the whole game? He's like, this is ridiculous. I'm, you know, Danny Glover and Lethal Weapon. I'm too old for this sh- stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Dunn coming in with yeah. a huge super chat. Really Thank game you so much. Them. We certainly um, appreciate the support. Yeah. Uh, it feels like a, a newer name, Brian, to uh, to the super chat fandom of Broncos for Breakfast. And you certainly have, you know, we talk about etching into Mile High Huddle uh, Mount Rushmore. Well, you've definitely etched yourself into my brain with that type of donation. So thank you, sir. If you need anything in here, let us know. We'd be happy to answer any questions. Yeah, thank you so much, Brian. We appreciate you coming in. I also saw we got a super chat coming in here from uh, Justin Lloyd as well. $5. And can you talk about Baron Browning? Can he be elite top five? Is this a prove it game for Browning and Benito? First time they have really played together. Well, they did play together. Um, This will be their third game playing together. Uh, But yeah, Browning has the tools to be a really, really good pass rusher. It's just so hard for me to say top five, given there are so many good edge rushers that have proven it many times and that also do not have the history of injury uh, with Baron Browning. It's, I mean, it's dating, but he's Scott, he's missed time every single year. He's been in Denver so far. Yeah. I mean, a he's been on the IR. Time. It's been about 50, 50. I mean, honest to God, it has. And he missed time at Ohio state too. So it's going to be impossible for me to say elite top five uh, until he can show he can be healthy. Uh, but the tools are excellent. And this is a game that you hopefully, uh, can hunt a bit. And that's one of my keys in this game too, Scott, you talk about the recklessness with Josh Allen, but he's kind of dinged up right now and he's looking to play a little bit hero ball. I mean, you talk about, it's not just him making mistakes, but I, and you always want to toe the line here before I say this, you want to toe the line, but you want to make sure Josh Allen leaves this game feeling it. You want to have it one that he's in the needing to hit up the ice tub after this loss, win, whatever it possibly could be. Uh, you need to be getting after him and hitting him uh, a good bit. He's dealing with a shoulder injury right now. The Bills have kind of gone back to that abandon the run, Josh Allen, save us type of offense. And I just don't know if his body can handle handle the accumulation of physical hits. And you talk about the edge rushers here, Browning and Benito. Pressures matter, but this is a game where QB hits matter. They're cumulative. and I need them to get be getting after Josh Allen, taking him down, hitting him. Um, he's a big guy. It's not an easy task, but this is one where you need those guys to hit and hit hard. If he runs the ball, you make sure he doesn't get a chance to slide. You know, you hit him on that one. And, and the question on this, Justin, thank you for the super chat. You know, can he be an elite top five? No, I don't think so. Um, can he be? Yes, of course. Everybody can be blah, blah, blah. I know. But you start looking at the guys around the league and who have, they're just different. Um, you know, I can start looking at these. Are the, I'm just, I sorted by sacks. You know, like, okay. Daniil Hunter, he's got 11 sacks already. Miles Garrett, TJ Watt, Max Crosby, Josh Allen in Jacksonville is a freaking beast. Trey Hendrickson in Cincinnati. Kayvon Thibodeau is coming on with the Giants. Micah Parsons, Joey Bosa, Nick Bosa. There's just some names in there that I don't expect him to really ever climb above. That doesn't mean he can't be a difference maker for your team. He's already been a difference maker for your team. And part of the renaissance of Zach Allen on the defensive line has been Baron Browning right next to him. 
DJ Jones, Zach Allen, Baron Browning ends up being a pretty salty center to right side of your defensive line. Where as before, I can take on, I can put four guys on your two linemen and not worry about. I can block your edge with a with a tight end, and I'm running the ball to the left side of my line. Can't do that anymore with Baron Browning back. He can absolutely be, and has already been a difference maker for this. It's not a knock on him to say I don't think he can't be top five. Top five is rare air. You don't have to be top five to win mm-hmm. a Super Bowl. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, just some of the names at the top that it would be pretty unbelievable for him to reach this air. But you got, you know, Miles Garrett, Max Crosby, TJ Watt, uh, Nick Bosa, uh, Micah Parsons, Aiden Hutchinson's been awesome. Uh, of course, you got uh, Will Anderson, who's really coming into his own. I mean, I, Broncos fans, cover your ears on this one. But uh, even you know somebody like a uh, Bradley Chubb um, is probably a more consistent, higher-rated edge. I mean, there's a reason that he got a one, and it's pretty hard to get ones from teams, and the Dolphins were willing to do that and then pay him that big contract. So uh, I don't think top five, but he definitely can be a one on a team and a part of a good rotation. Scott mentioned it there. You're, you're starting four in a nickel or four-man front uh, defense is looks okay on paper in a pass rush situation. The depth and the different versatile type of body types you have up front is still lacking, uh, but that's something that uh, you know we can talk about more in the offseason as we go forward. But we got Annette C15 coming in saying, let's go Broncos with the hearts. Good to see you, Annette. Thank you so much. Hope you had a good weekend, and uh, hopefully the Broncos do you right tonight. And Annette, we'd like to apologize for the – adolescent nature of the chat right now that is our fault for some of our sponsors and ad reads and their adolescent nature God, i'll never look at a turkey name the same uh, turkey leg the same um pearl heater good morning to you pearl good, good to see albert knopper is in the house always good to see you albert hope you're doing well. that's a good comment it. in here i want to get to because facebook has kind of stayed away from some of the juvenile nature of our uh where'd it go it was keith actually not that albert doesn't have a uh a great comment, but it was actually Keith to come in and how hello, Albert, how are you doing? Um, but talking about the pressure on this team and, and, and legitimate reasons why the Denver Broncos can win this game as Josh Allen, you have no running game. You're hurt. And Stefan Diggs wants the ball add on your favorite by eight points at home. A lot of pressure on a guy playing Monday night at home, trying to stay above 500. Now we've seen Josh Allen go nuclear God mode, as you like to say, we've also seen Josh Allen give the ball away when he's feeling a little bit too much pressure to make the big play. Who do we get tonight? Part of that's going to be up to the Broncos. Yeah. Again, this is a Broncos game where you give that uh, Buffalo team enough rope and you protect the football. It's going to be big. Now, this is going to be a big game for Russell Wilson to take care of the ball and continuing to show the path. I think Sean Payton right now is doing a really good job managing um, Russell Wilson in this offense, you know, they're not making him go out there and be Peyton Manning or anything. It's very much a controlled confined tact, uh, tactical shot offense right now that ru- runs through the run game. Can Russell Wilson protect the football, be calculated with his aggression and make sure that he protects the ball in the pocket. Uh, I think those things that the Broncos can play clean football. They're going to have a good chance uh, to win this game. Did you, did Sean Payton happen to mention the, Bill's numbers when they lose the turnover battle. Did not. I'm sure they're still pretty good. Did I'm not. not I, mean, I could do the one. math and kind of figure it out. Um, yeah. But he did say 33 and one when they win the turnover battle, which is pretty astounding. Yeah. I mean, we talk about it all the time. You know, keys to game. What are the cues of this game? Well, won the turnover battle. Yes, we know. But that's really skewed. I mean, that's that's when the turnover battle and it's an automatic win. Okay. Well, 
let's take care of the ball. Let's let's uh, let's not take care of the ball. But again, I asked the question. You know, if you rein him in too much, do you lose what makes him so good? Again, he's got to grow out of that. But what is he? Twenty-seven years old. It's not like he's a, a you know a, a, a youngster out there. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt, uh, we will. Josh Allen, man, he just has the tendency to the, he has to fight that idiot uh, sometimes. As but it's it's hard to compare. You want to? I want to go back and look. It's like, oh, he reminds me of this guy. You know, Brett Favre was that guy all the time. John Elway was that guy for a while. You know, the guys that trust their arms a little too much and aren't afraid to put the ball in harm's way. But the game has changed so much. Where mm-hmm. you know you see twenty seven touchdowns and fifteen interceptions for a Hall of Famer in nineteen eighty nine. It's like, well, that that'd get your ass benched in 2023 you know the game has just changed so much where you're not really allowed to cover hit or sack the quarterback so it's uh it's different you know imagine some of those guys with these rules we talk about nba and what would this guy have done if the rules were like they are now good lord can you imagine john elway now he would have played till he was 50 yeah i mean marino too probably throws for six thousand yards in a season i mean he was unbelievable dan marino would have dan marino would we kind of saw it because it was Tom Brady, but Dan Marino had probably a better arm. Mm-hmm. A qu- a, a, the quickest release maybe in the history of the game. And he had better weapons. A lot of the seasons, Dan Marino had better weapons. Yeah. I mean, we probably talk about breaking records here. Um, I think closest thing probably from the output to Patrick Mahomes, but uh, really just one of the biggest travesties of uh, NFL history is Dan Marino not getting a ring considering how good he is. But uh, back in it, back to the Broncos here, Scott. The Broncos win this game if? They win the turnover battle. <laughs> they stick to the running game and end up eventually having success running the game. Uh, they, win the, they win the game if they are able to keep pressure on Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills show us that they are the five and four team and not the team that a lot of people had in the Super Bowl at the beginning of the year. Yeah, I think this is one where you're going to have a chance uh, this season to, or the, in this game to really flip the script early with a turnover. And I think you need to have a touchdown directly off of a turnover. It doesn't have to be because of a defensive uh, play or a special teams play, but it can be, you know, an interception takes you to the five yard line or a blocked punt and you flip the field 50 yards. I think. You know, we are talking about an eight-point underdog to a very salty Bills team. You have to steal a possession and steal some points here or there. So one where the momentum completely changes and it's like an EPA flip of like 10 points or something. And then one, I think that's very possible in this game with how Josh Allen plays. And uh, doing something like that will completely change the trajectory of this game. And again, eight-point underdogs on the road, you probably need something like that to happen. Uh, And it's hard to bet on, but you need one of those. See, and Jay's coming in with something with this bias that I just can't stand. I mean, Jay's expectations are so out of whack. He comes in and says, we win if we score more than they do. Come on. That's that's just that's just yeah. crazy talk, Jay. We're not having that in here. This is the levity podcast in here. We got to be realistic here. Come on. Yeah, that's a uh, come on, Jay. That's not fair to put those on the team at all. Uh, yeah, I think that's a one. Un, for sure unrealistic um the matchup that has you the most concerned in this one scott i'm gonna go with mine first just because i might steal yours here but it is mike mcglinchy versus von miller or whoever lines up on that side it's probably von miller and leonard floyd's are the two matchups that concern me the most 
on that side there, but Mike Lynch has been horrible in true drop, uh, drop back pass sets this season. And against, you know, Von Miller looking to first time we mentioned today, Von Miller looking to, you know, take one against his old team. Leonard Floyd has been playing good football for them. Uh, that is a matchup that I worry. That's where the Broncos are on a key, like, First, because the Broncos need to stay ahead of the chains, right? What is their average yards to go on third down is a big indicator for this team. And let's say it's first and 10, you're driving the ball, and all of a sudden Russell Wilson gets sacked, and it's 12 and 16. Well, or second and 16. Y'all make sure that you are uh, you know, getting the punt team ready. Don't turn the damn ball over, and a punt is not the end of the world in that situation. So I worry about that right tackle matchup for Denver. Is it too, is it too vague for me just to say the Broncos – pass defense versus the bills passing offense. Is that too vague? Because I think just the, the I mean, top three weapons, if I go like Stefan Diggs, Khalil Shakir, Dalton Kincaid, Gabe Davis, the Denver Broncos secondary, that worries me greatly. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. And there are two players uh, on the Broncos secondary that I want to highlight here that worry me a lot. Uh, one of them is Fabian Moreau. Um, he has played well in a small sample size so far, but Scott, historically speaking, uh, a lot of times the larger sample size is more indicative of future performance. And while Moreau has been playing pretty good the last couple of weeks for Denver, when he's a uh, relieved Mathis in your nickel and dime looks, we've seen Moreau long enough in his career that I don't know if he's a t- completely different player than what we saw for years with uh, Washington that year with Atlanta. Uh, so he's one that is on, you know, the clock strikes midnight pumpkin watch uh, for me, unfortunately for Moreau out there, especially in this game with all the weapons that the bills have and their ability to isolate matchups. Uh, the other one for me in this one, and I know there's a lot of fans of him in Denver and I, I like a lot of stuff he does as well, but let's just call a spade a spade. PJ Locke was probably the single worst defender on the field for that Broncos in that Kansas city game. And now you have a team that can spread you out and play 10, 10, 11 personnel and attack you more vertically than the uh, Chiefs did. I am pretty worried about PJ Locke being targeted in this game. Now you've had a bye week to work on things. He's a week uh, further away from missing time to start the year, but uh, PJ Locke looked like he did not belong uh, in that last game. And this is one where some of those mistakes I think can hurt more uh, considering how explosive the bills can be. Uh, Pro football focus agrees with you of the Players who got more than 25 snaps on defense, he was graded last at a woeful 32. Uh, the only one who got more than 10 snaps that was behind him was the uh, defensive lineman, Jonathan Harris, who we've talked about, you know, um, for for two years. And again, I'm not going to blame, I'm, I will not get after a guy for not necessarily being good enough. That's not his fault. That is an organization failure for not doing better there. If a guy is putting forth 100% effort and doing his damnedest and failing, I will support him. I will try and I will advocate for replacing him, but I'm not going to say Jonathan Harris. I'm not going to get all over him. Jonathan Harris is a backup level slash practice squad guy. That's who he is. That's not on him. PJ Locke forced into action. He's safety. What? Four, five. Coming into this season, four. that's uh, I think he's four. Yeah, did you put him? I mean, Caden Stearns, uh, Kareem Jackson, Justin Simmons, PJ mm-hmm. Locke. Yep. So you know, Justin Simmons being back there is, is playing well, and then Baron Browning can erase a lot of of question marks on the backfield. So we talked about the Bills' passing game. 
against the uh, the secondary of those top three weapons, I got a real quick way to erase those guys. Sack the quarterback. Yeah, without a doubt. And uh, past performance is indicative of Z. Sorry, Colin, man, I was getting into things here. But uh, Patrick, we'll see. Aloha, my coffee brothers. And here we go. Looking forward to this evening with an optimistic feeling. Yeah, I think the Broncos are going to be competitive in this game. And uh, Scott, my final prediction of this one, I have the Bills winning this one 30 to 26. I think that you see the Broncos defense uh, regress in this one. I don't know if they're going to be able to, especially in the, the secondary in the back end, the Bills are able to spread them out. I mean, Dalton Kincaid has uh, gotten uh, much better in terms of uh, their flexibility out there and what they can run. I mean, essentially, when they run 11 personnel, Scott, it is 10 because Kincaid is that good of a weapon. He can play slot for them. He can do a lot of different things. Uh, so overall, uh, I think that the Bills end up winning this one. Denver's defense regresses, and it's just not quite enough uh, for Denver to get over the hump. But we'll see. Um. That's a lot of points. That's 56. Yep. Um, My guess is the over-under is somewhere in the 48 48 range. 46. I'm going to say 46. 47 and a half. I hit right between there, which to me, I would probably take the under on this one. I think think that the defense is playing better. I don't think the Denver Broncos are going to have that kind of success on offense. I think 24-17 Bills under and i'm not touching the spread on that one but i would probably take the under and yes gatorade gaming kareem jackson is back with the denver broncos next week if you are three and oh since he's gotten ejected you do not f with a winning streak i'm starting pj lock even if pj lock looks horrible i'm starting pj lock <laughs> yeah i we'll see on that one i think that uh, the broncos have done a lot of times played their competition and I think that that's something that happens in this one as well. And the Bills have had one of the worst 10 defenses in football since week five, and they've remained a top five offense, which is one one reason that I expect the, the high scoring still. Now, can the Broncos actually operate in a high scoring game? Unsure. I mean, I guess we saw in like the Washington game uh, and a few others where and the Bears game as well, where the Broncos were able to be explosive and get some points. But I'm not sure if Russell Wilson... Uh, can go blow for blow in a drop back pass game with Josh Allen. Uh, so will be interesting. If it is a low scoring game, I think the Broncos have a much better chance of winning. If it's a high scoring game, like I predicted, I just don't know. But if the Broncos can muck it up enough and, you know, make it an ugly, you know, big 10 style of football game, uh, then they got a chance uh, in this one without a doubt. And uh, speaking of big 10, did you see the uh, talking about quarterbacks here, the Michigan beat Penn state and the quarterback JJ McCarthy, who's, you know, been some first round talk here. Michigan ran the ball 30 straight times, and I don't think he threw it like in the second half at all against Penn State. I mean, how can you evaluate that guy? It's, no, it's a wild to watch. It came down to that Corral. You know, we're talking up Matt Corral with, uh, yes. you know, there was a guy I wanted to talk about possibly being a uh, NFL head coach candidate also is Lane Kiffin. I mean, mm-hmm. I know he's, I'm, I'm willing to say when people grow and I, I couldn't stand Lane Kiffin. I knew some guys that coach for him. I'm like, is he the guy that was born on third base and thought he hit a triple? And they're like, man, that's perfect. He was humbled and has matured and has turned around and kind of laughed at himself and has been really, really successful. But yes, it's tough to get a feel for, I'm, oh, I'm really, really looking forward to scouting this quarterback and they run the ball 40 times. It's uh, like, well, how good can that quarterback be if his own coach won't give him the ball? Um, Pretty weird. But yes, I, uh, We'll see here. Jay, uh, he says, I was watching the Bills game and, and Kincaid got injured. He he hasn't been on the injury report for the week, so I think he should be good to go for tonight. 
Should be a hell of a game. And uh, we'll be back tonight after the game, the gut reaction with Zach and Chad immediately following the end of the game tonight. Yeah. And uh, which of course, means Nick and I will be up awfully early er, <laughs> for the the aftermath, the morning after game, which we don't we, we will we'll have our morning ap- morning after episode tomorrow. Yeah, should be a lot of fun. Hopefully it's another victory Monday. Um, of course, as soon as we're wrapping it on up here, uh, my Internet finally stabilizes. So uh, sorry if I was, you know, doing my best C3PO interpretation there uh, for a second. But uh, we are going to get on out of here now. Um, make sure that you guys are following Scott and I on Twitter as uh, of course my internet bumps again, but, uh, Scott is at scout Kennedy. I'm at Nick Kendall MHH. Also make sure you guys are following us at, uh, BFB underscore pod, as well as at mile high huddle. If you haven't done so yet, join us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. And as that ticker says here underneath, make sure you subscribe to mile high huddle, like the show and share on social media platforms. Uh, no more Manscaped reads for Gatorade gaming. Sorry. And, uh, hopefully it'll be a good game tonight. Scott, um, should be a lot of fun, no injuries. And if the, I'm typically Scott, you know, this about me, you're kind of similar vein as me. Um, but very much, I think one of the very first episodes we did together, you said we both are Missourians at heart because we are very much of the show me state mentality. If the Broncos come in and beat this bills team on the road as eight point underdogs to win three in a row and claw back to now a four and five record, they'd have showed me. There'll yep. be belief, but this is a, and yep. it's maybe not a fair expectation. They don't have to win this game even for me to be like, okay, this team's turned it around. But if they can win this game, we are we are legitimately talking playoffs. I believe this team has turned the corner. Period. Okay, unless you go out and get Miami, which would be beyond you know expectations at this point. This team has has evolved past that type of game. Um. This team has turned the corner. They're they're headed in the right direction. The, the outcome of this game doesn't necessarily change that for me. It will, however, change the outcome of this season for me. Mm-hmm. This Every game, for the most part, and I saw someone else put it in here, basically every game is a must win. And you don't have to win out, but really, you, you at least have to start climbing up the table a little bit, up the standings a little bit. You can't lose this game at, thir- at week 10 and be three and six and it really realistically expect to make the playoffs that's done at four and five now we're talking now six and two finish is realistic and ten and seven gives you a shot at the playoffs so win this one and we'll 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 have some fun with it lose this one and we'll dissect hey what's the trajectory of this team and you know we'll we'll probably start talking a little bit about next year yeah Absolutely. Well, guys, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you again for the the second uh, Super Chat coming in here, Michael. You guys have a great rest of your day. Uh, make sure you continue to choose kindness and compassion. We'll see what happens with the Broncos tonight. Tough game. Season in front of them. As always, go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. <laughs>